0: drama continues Haman is dead but the decree to destroy the Jews still remains what happens next we'll find out as our study in the book of Esther continues on through the Bible with dr. J. Vernon McGee I'm Steve Schwetz welcoming you aboard the Bible bus as we set out for another great adventure in God's Word so go ahead and find your seat and open your copy of God's Word to Esther chapter 8 and while you do here are a couple of letters from our fellow passengers Mike who catches the Bible bus from his home in Brooklyn, New York, shared this. Twenty years ago, I was struggling with alcoholism and had tried to stop drinking on my own. I couldn't. I finally asked Jesus to help me, and the next day I sought help and have been sober ever since. I've always read the Bible but had trouble understanding it. Two years ago, my wife found the Bible bus, and we've been riding ever since. We love Dr. McGee and his simple approach. We're amazed how everything in the Bible points to Jesus. I listen every morning on my commute and find it a great way to start my day. By God's grace, we're blessed enough to make a monthly contribution to help with the cost of gas and tires. We're also World Prayer Team members. May God continue to bless your ministry as you take the whole word to the whole world. Well, Mike, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for both joining our World Prayer Team, for listening every day, and for supporting the Bible Bus as we share God's word both in your neighborhood and in more than 200 languages around the world. Next, we've got Jennifer. She's in Tyler, Texas. I wish I could express how much these studies have impacted my life. I've listened to Dr. McGee for several years, but in the last year, I've made them a daily priority. Oftentimes, the teaching seems to go by so quickly. I can hardly wait until the next time to hear more. I'm so happy to be a part of the World Prayer Team, and I am amazed at the letters from around the world. Supporting the broadcast monthly is really an honor, and I am very grateful for all you do. Well, thanks for sharing, Jennifer, how much these broadcasts mean to you. And then also thanks for your support of the Bible Bus. The faithful investment of partners like you is such an encouragement as we go forward in our mission of taking God's whole word to his whole world. Now, if you'd like to know how you can join listeners like Jennifer and Mike in partnering with Through the Bible, call us 1-800-65-BIBLES-THE-NUMBER or visit ttb.org forward slash give even more importantly, consider joining our world prayer team. You can do that at ttb.org forward slash pray. Now let's pray for God's word as it goes out. Father, thank you for this study and the difference that it's making in our lives. We pray for those listening who need to hear of your saving grace. Please speak to us now in Jesus name. Amen. Here's our study of Esther 8 on through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee.
1: Now, friends, we come to the 8th chapter today in the little book of Esther. And actually, the thing we saw last time was a reversal of the circumstances that had taken place. There had gone out a decree that the nation Israel is to be destroyed. But God, by his providence, had placed on the throne next to the king a beautiful queen, Now, don't try to argue with me and say it was the will of God. God's will for those people was back in the land. They are operating by the providence of God. And it shows that God will overrule many times. And you and I ought to be thankful for that because he intervenes many times in your behalf and in my behalf in order to carry out his own plan and purpose when you and I are out of his will And so this man Haman, who'd made this law that the Israelites were to be slain on a certain day, and now Haman is slain on the very gallows he built to hang Mordecai, he's hanged. But friends, that decree hasn't been changed at all. The nation Israel is still to be slain on a certain day. That's part of the law of the Medes and Persians And very candidly, it can't be changed. There's just no way of changing it at all. And that is something that we need to recognize here. And so there really is a problem, a real problem that presents itself here. And how is it going to be solved? Well, let's look now at chapter 8, verse 1. "...on that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jews' enemy, unto Esther the queen." And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. Now, for the first time, she has let it be known that he was her stepfather, that this very man that wouldn't bow to Haman, and that the decree was made against him at the very beginning, was actually her stepfather, and one who had raised her. Now the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai, "...and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman." It seems to me that king is very free with the use of his ring that is so important because that ring pushed down into wax can make a law that would destroy a people. And he passed it to Haman. Now he passes it to Mordecai. Well, I feel like it's in good hands now. Well, he certainly seems to be careless in this. Now verse 3. And Esther spoke yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears, to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite, and his plot which he had devised against the Jews." Now, you see, nothing has been done to change this. In fact, it can't be changed, and it won't be changed. And we need to recognize that here at this particular juncture. You just can't change this decree. And it won't be changed in any shape, form. And even the king couldn't change the law. We've seen that before in reference to Vashti's first queen. But now the thing the king can do is to send out another letter. And another decree can be made. And the nation Israel can take advantage of the new decree if they believe it and they can accept this means of salvation that the king has provided for them. Now, will you note here, it says, "...and the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king. And she said, If it pleased the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and the thing seemed right before the king, and I'd be pleasing in his eyes," let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that should come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Now, the whole thing is that unless something is done, why, the judgment against Haman is of no avail. Something must be done to save these people. And then the king, Ahasuerus. Now, will you listen to this carefully? Said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Now, that's good so far, but that does not spare the nation Israel at all. Now listen to him. Write ye also concerning the Jews, as it pleaseth you in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribe called at that time in the third month, that is the month Sivan, on the three-and-twentieth day of it. It was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews, and to the deputies, to the governors and princes of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia, a hundred and twenty-seven provinces Under every province according to its writing, and unto every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing, and according to their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus, and sealed with the king's ring, and sent letters by posts on horseback, and riders on mules, camels, and young dromedaries, in which the king granted the Jews, who were in every city, to gather themselves together and to defend their lives." to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the property of them for spoil upon one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely, upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar. Now, the thing that is interesting about this is that the original decree is not changed, nor is it altered. It cannot be. It stands. But now another decree is made, and this decree is sent out as the first one was. It's come out from the king with his signature, and here we have called our attention again the dramatic side of it, and the details side of it, and the fact that the king now is on the side of the nation Israel. Now, before, it was judgment against these people. Now, he's come over on the side of these people and the weight is over on that side so that who can lay anything to the charge of the king's elect here? Well, it's the king that justifies. And when he does, there's nobody better raise a hand Now, this message is to go out, and it's to go out in 127 provinces. Now, again, in the capital city, there was a great deal of business connected with the government then. I don't think it would be as extensive as Washington, D.C. is today. And believe me, they've got a lot of government buildings there. But here, there would be quite a few buildings. And there were a whole company of people that's working for the government. Now, I know I'll get a letter from a few folk will say that there's some question about you folk with a Texas accent. But I think you understand me. And therefore, I want to add that this was a real problem. Every province had a different language. And in each provinces, there were many tribes. So it was a polyglot people. So they had to have in the capital, if they wanted to get a message through to a certain province and to a certain people, they had to have scribes there that were from that area who spoke the language, who understood it, who could translate out of the Persian, or whatever they were speaking then, I think it was Persian, over into the language of these different tribes. Now that was a great undertaking. And these scribes are called in again as they were at first. And each scribe makes a copy of this decree that's gone out from the king. And now the king is on the side of these people that before a decree had gone out of judgment against them. And the people are told now they can be reconciled. And they can believe the king now. And they can be saved. That was the message. Now, here again, when the copies are made, they are given to these messengers, and you will see them come out of these buildings because the dromedaries, the camels, the mules, and the runners also, the animals were tethered there. And all these messengers come out. They mount the camels, they mount the mules, and they start out. They got another message. And this message now is going out through all the kingdoms out to the very end of the kingdom. And the Jew can believe it. And the people can believe it. And it's good news. It's real good news. Now, I'm sure that you see that this is probably one of the most wonderful pictures of our salvation that we have in the Scripture. And it's not used very much today. You see, God gives us these pictures. God teaches us that way, you see. All of these things happened unto them, for examples, unto us. And this is a real picture. Now, this come out from God as we've seen a decree. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And you just can't point to certain people down on Skid Row or some criminals and say, well, they are the ones. No, he's talking about you. Because the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one, for the righteousness of man is filthy rags in his sight. And God cannot save us today by perfection because we can't offer it. And God can't save us by imperfection because he can't lower his standard. So the decrees come out from God. But now that same throne that's sent out this decree to mankind, letting him know we belong to a lost race. And that's the predicament of humanity today. That's the predicament of mankind. That's the problem today with the human family. We like to think that the problem is here or there or somewhere else. And it's either in Washington or with the church or with the family or it's with this individual or that political party. Or it's this nation over yonder, the communists. My friend, the problem is right in your own heart, out of the heart proceed all of these evil things. And they come out of your heart, my heart. I tell you, this world is polluted today. Just not the rivers and the air, but the human heart is a polluted thing. Now, God has to judge. But that same throne that sent out the judgment to all the world, that all are lost. And that's not a very pleasant thing. In fact, the matter is, a lot of people don't like to hear that. And so many churches today, they become liberal. I'm of the opinion that liberalism is based on weakness. And the weakness is that the man in the pulpit doesn't have the courage to stand up and tell folk they're sinners and need a Savior. Men like to be flattered today. I had an army officer way out yonder in Okinawa. And I thought what a poor representative he was of this country. He tried to get us taken off the air when I was teaching Romans out there. He says the idea of telling people that we are sinners. You give the impression that America is a nation of sinners. And you know something? That was the impression I was trying to give. But I was trying to tell that brass hat out there. I don't know whether there's anything in it, but I was trying to tell that brass hat out there that he's that kind of a fellow and he needed a savior, you see. But people don't like to hear that. But thank God there's gone out another decree and it's come out from the throne of God. And that decree is, "...be ye reconciled to God." And we're ambassadors in this world today. An ambassador in a country means that the country he represents and the potentate he represents still friendly. And our God today is friendly. You don't have to do anything to reconcile God. He's already done it for you. Christ died for you. Now, what can you add to what Christ has done? I have an evangelist friend. He's a wonderful friend. He always tries to get people to cry. And a lot of people like to cry. So... He and the people have a lot of fun as he goes along. And he thinks that they have to shed tears and that must be repentance. And I kid him all the time. I say, how many tears do you have to shed to soften God's heart? And we argue about that. He says, you're just being absurd. I say, I'm not absurd because I don't think you have to shed tears. God's heart's already soft. You can't do anything to soften God's heart. Jesus did that for us. And now we can say, if God be for us, who can be against us? Well, nobody. He's on our side, friend. He's on your side. The decrees come out today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You can believe him and if you believe him, you're saved. And that's what these people, had. all they had to do is believe that the decree from the king, now he's on their side. He's going to protect them and that overcomes the other. Now, you see, when God saves today, he's saving sinners. He has a way to save sinners. You are not good enough to go to heaven. You and I never would be good enough. Therefore, he's got to work us over. We have to come and accept a salvation that gives us a robe of righteousness that's perfect. And it's Christ. We are in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you never improve on that because he's wonderful. He's the Savior. He died for us. Now, when you come to him and accept him and receive him as your Savior, he's going to work us over because he's not going to take us to heaven like, we're going to be born again. Our Lord said that to that religious ruler, ye must be born again. And Peter says, born not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. That's the reason we give out the word of God. And that's the reason people are being born Again, today, lives being changed. I don't talk to people about committing your life to God as if you got something to commit. Do you think he wants your old life, my friend? He wants to give you a new one. He wants to regenerate you, wants to save you. You know, there's a lot of easy believism today. You just ignore the fact you're a sinner and you can come to Jesus. And there are a lot of people been padding it down front in all kinds of meetings and churches and evangelistic campaigns today, and they're still not born again. You know what you need? You have to come to him as a sinner. These people had to recognize the decree had been made there to be destroyed. They had to believe it. They had to believe now that the king's on their side and the king's on our side. We're ambassadors on the behalf of God. Therefore, we say to you, "...be ye reconciled to God." He's reconciled to you. So the decree goes out. Now let me read verse 14 here. "...so the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment, and the decree was given at Shushan the palace." Now the only one time there's need for haste, that's in reference to salvation. Today, if you'll hear his voice... And right now, there are folk listening to this program, and I'm not trying to frighten anyone, but this is going to be the last time you will ever have an opportunity to accept Christ. And so he says, today, if you'll hear his voice. Now is the accepted time. That's the only time God wants you to get in a hurry, friends, and that's to be in a hurry to get saved. Now, verse 15, And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel... a blue and white and with a great crown of gold. That is different than the sackcloth and ashes he had on, you see. And he had on fine linen and purple in the city of Shushan, rejoiced and was glad. You know it's wonderful to be saved. That's the only thing that can bring joy to your life, friends, is to get saved. Now you can go to a nightclub and they tell me now you can spend a hundred dollars one night in a nightclub And I'll grant you that you can have a good time. That is, if you're an unsaved person, you'll have a good time. Because you can get drunk, and you can see the show, and you can eat like a glutton, and you'll have a good time. But I want to tell you, the next morning, you won't have a good time. You're going to feel bad. And in it all, you will never know what real joy is. But if you come to Christ... You'll find out what real joy is. Verse 16, The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. That's what God offers you today, light. Jesus is the light of the world in gladness and joy and honor. That's the thing that gives dignity to sinners, is to go to a Savior whose God manifest in the flesh who died for us. That'll lift you out of the muck and the mire That'll enable you to walk with your head erect through this world and rejoice today. My, we need to rejoice. Are you happy today, Christian friend? I should say, are you joyful today? You have real joy down deep in your heart? Well, we used to sing that little chorus, and I've seen some pretty sad sacks singing that, by the way. He wants it to be real. Now, we read in verse 17, the last verse of the chapter, and in every province and in every city, wherever the king's commandment and his decree came, apparently didn't get through to some places. That was sad because, may I say, I have a notion. It's the reason I said at the beginning, I'm of the opinion that probably a million Jews could have been killed at that time because you must remember their method of communications, not like it is today. Can't put it on the radio. Don't you thank God for radio that you can get the word out? I thank God for it every day. Now we're told here that the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews. That is, they accepted their religion, became proselytes. For the fear of the Jews fell upon them. I wish I had time to... De- So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you, my beloved.
0: Next time, we finish up our study of Esther. So if you'd like to go back and catch any of the studies that you missed, visit ttb.org forward slash Esther. And if you don't already have your copy of Briefing the Bible that contains the notes and outlines for all of Dr. McGee's studies, including our upcoming study in Job, download your digital copy or request an abridged paperback version today at ttb.org or one 800 bible When you're in touch, why don't you please let us know how you listen. Is it by app or online, using our Bible bus flash drive, or your local Christian radio station? You know, there are so many great ways to hop aboard the Bible bus, and we'd like to know what your favorite one is. Thanks for your help. I'm Steve Schwetz, grateful as always for your company on the Bible bus, as we continue this wonderful journey through the Bible.
1: Jesus'
0: through the bible is a five-year study of god's entire word and together we discover god's purposes in history and our lives found only when we believe in jesus christ do you know him yet